We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have a fantastic four-game slate on Divisional Weekend in the NFL. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, all coming up next. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We are sponsored by WinBet. We have been all season long. We appreciate them for that. If you could please rate, rate and review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Also, I am Scott Jensen. Joined as always on Friday mornings by Ryan Balanji. We are going to be talking the four divisional games week. Uh, you know, after a weekend of uh, blowouts and big spreads, we've got uh, four really good games. The highest spreads, five and a half. We have three games with a spreads under four. This should be a really fun weekend. Uh, Ryan, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah. Uh, last week, not many close games. You know, all the chalk won or all the, all the favorites won. But the good thing about that is now we have all great games uh, this weekend. Um, I feel like you're throwing some shade already saying all the favorites won when you know there was one underdog that won. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, the 49ers looked really good for uh, – for the majority of the game, uh, yeah, pulled the and, upset and, of the and, then looked, and then looked really bad for like twelve minutes. Yeah, J- Jimmy almost gave it away that that oh. interception he threw. I, I couldn't believe that. Um, but yeah, the Niners are looking pretty good. I'm I'm a bit worried about uh, my Packers. Yeah, I was gonna say you're a Packers fan. I'm a big Niners fan. I think we're both pretty uh, pretty hardcore about our fandom on those teams. So we're definitely we're definitely battling this week. It uh, it should be fun. We've got that. We got uh, we got the Rams and the and the Bucks. We've got uh, Cincy and Tennessee. We got uh, Buffalo and KC, kind of like the big marquee game in, in a weekend of marquee games. I mean, it's funny. You look at the receivers in these games. Like, it's just so fun. You got you have Chase and A.J. Brown. Then you have Debo and Devontae. Then you got Cup and, and Mike Evans. Then you got Diggs and Tyreek Hill. Like, it's just, a, it's just a murderer's row of great quarterbacks, great receivers. The running backs are a little bit weird this week. There's not uh, – we're going to talk about that a bunch, but there's not like – you know, you can't just put Christian McCaffrey. You can't just put Alvin Kamara. And there's like a lot of uh, kind of mid-range guys you got to play. But the, the receivers are so good that some of them are priced way down in the DFS slate. It's a really interesting slate for four games. Um, I found it. Uh, I found it to be a lot more uh, a lot more interesting than I'm, than I'm usually seeing on a short slate. Yeah, uh, I agree. Those receivers. There's so yeah. many good ones spoiled for options, and a lot of the there's some soft pricing, uh, especially at receiver. So you're gonna have to fade, you know, some some great players and some yeah. some great plays. Basically, take some stands and hope it goes your way. 
Yeah, I mean, on a four-game slate, you usually like, oh, I can just play who I want. I don't have to worry about sitting guys. But like, I just listed eight receivers, and you can only play three or four of them. So you're just gonna you're gonna leave a lot of good players, a lot of interesting games on the sideline. But that's what we're here to talk about. So uh, let's talk about the games real quick first. We've got the the first Saturday game, Cincy at Tennessee, which is like a nine thousand percent slam dunk to be the the early Saturday game of the of these four games. Uh, Cincy is an underdog. They're traveling to Nashville. Tennessee's favored by three and a half. Over under this game is forty seven and a half. It's funny. You look at like weighted DVOA, just looking for like team strength. I know that's just one stat, but you've got uh, you've got eight eight teams, and um, six of them are inside the top eight of weighted DVOA this weekend. This game features neither of those. So this is definitely the game where you know it's a little bit lesser teams. Um, you know, but Tennessee earned that number one seed. They beat Kansas City. They beat Buffalo. Like you can't say they got lucky. Um, but they're thirteenth in weighted DVO. Cincinnati's fourteenth. This is the only game that had the teams haven't played yet this season too. It's the only non rematch game, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Bengals have never won a road ga- a road playoff game in the history of their franchise, which is a, a crazy stat to me. They're 0-7. Um, you know, the Titans, for what you want to say, they're 8-3 and against teams with winning records. They've they've won games they're supposed to. They beat the Bills, the Chiefs. They beat the Niners. So they've, they've got a lot, of, a lot of really good wins. And Derrick Henry's back this week, too. So this game uh, gets a little spicier when you, when, you add, uh, when you add the big guy in the mix. Yeah, um, so I, I like both of these teams. Um, I think more... I guess more than the public throughout the year. Um, And I like this game specifically, I think more than uh, the Niners Packers game and more than the Rams Buccaneers game, at least for DFS. Um, Derek Henry coming back. That's interesting. Uh, You know, he's cheaper than we've seen him. Apparently he's healthy. Um, I don't think he's going to be as popular as, as uh, the other run, the cheaper running backs. So I think, you know, it makes sense for tournaments. Um, and I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have a tough time not going back to Burrow and the Bengals passing game here. Um, he's just looked amazing. I'm a big believer in Burrow and his receivers. You know, I want to roster Chase again. Uh, I think uh, A.J. Brown is is a great price for a yeah, run back. Um, there's some some cheaper Bengals. You know, you can go back to T. Higgins. Some people might not want to after he let you know everybody down last week, but it's kind of the story of the year with Higgins. Uh, if you've been willing to go back to him, you've been rewarded. Um, and I guess I kind of you know from a from a betting standpoint, um, the three other totals besides uh, the KC Buffalo game, yeah. We're all about the same, 47, 48. And I kind of like this game to go over. Um, you know, I think I think it's a bit low because, you know, it's Tennessee with Henry back. And, you know, one scenario is a lot of running with Henry if it's successful and running the clock. Um, but I don't know. I just see both these offenses scoring points. So this is kind of a game I want to target. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I like that. That's a good take right there out the, out the gate. That's uh, yeah, it's funny. You, you mentioned the three games kind of clumped together. I was going to note that later, but you know, Buffalo and Kansas city is a, an over under 53 and a half. Obviously people expect a lot of fireworks with the, you know, probably the two best fantasy quarterbacks in, in that game. And then the other three games, you're right. kind of, they're all not low, but they're all 47, 48. So that's good. I think that a key of this week is trying to figure out which of those three games you really want to target and uh, finding Cincinnati, Tennessee. If you like that one, that's a, that's a really good way to go. Cause I think everybody will be uh, enthralled by the sexy names in the NFC game. Games. If you can get, and it's also the first game. Like people don't want to blow other players the first game, which is kind of silly. I should say we're discussing this slate as one slate. Most of the big con- there are um, slates for showdown. There's slate, slate. There's two game slates in each day, but most of the big 
um, slates like on DraftKings are, are the full slate, which I do like. I'm glad we get the four-game slate rather than a couple of twos. Um, in the afternoon slash evening on Saturday, we have the 49ers headed to Lambeau. Uh, Green Bay fared by five and a half. Overrunner here is 47. Um, both these teams are high up there in, in weighted DVOA. The Niners are fifth. The Packers are eighth. Um, the Packers are getting healthy, though, I think is the key to this game. Zadarius uh, Smith is going to be back. Jair Alexander is probably going to be back. Uh, Bakhtari on the offensive line is probably going to play. He played uh, He played the last game a little bit. Um, so this Packers defense has been kind of much maligned, especially late, but they're getting some of their really important pieces back. Uh, I think injury plays a huge part of this game to see how the 49ers can hang in this game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo now has a strange shoulder. I think he, I mean, he's going to play. It's just a matter of how effectively he said it affected him in the second half. You mentioned that interception late in the fourth quarter. Like that was an egregious pass in a time when you're up 16. Like you just can't make that mistake and, and really put Dallas back in the game. You know, then they had an overthrow on Brandon Ayuk too, that he, he completes it. They're up, they're up 16. It's like a 30 yard pass. The game's over too. So there's a couple of mistakes that um, they got by with last week against the Cowboys cannot get by with it. Lambo. Like if they get, if we get two or three bad Garoppolo mistakes like that, it's going to be it'll be a wrap. And you know, Rogers will score touchdowns. Uh, he's not going to he's not going to you know, get field goals. He's not going to have drive stalls. So you just you, got, you can't make those mistakes. And then on defense, uh, Nick Bosa is in the concussion protocol. I don't think they can win this game without him. I think if he's out, I think the game is is pretty much. I mean, you never know with turnovers and stuff, but I think he is monumentally important to the 49ers uh, making having a chance this game because they have to rush Rogers. They have to get there without blitzing. And then uh, Fred Warner uh, hurt his ankle, and I thought he hurt his knee like the way he grabbed at it in the, in the game there's like eight minutes left in the game but he's uh, supposedly gonna play we'll see how healthy he is but uh fun game you and i battling uh you know the, the packers have beat them the last two regular season games the niners have eliminated rogers three times in the playoffs so they're like there's a i think rogers wants this game uh, a freaking ton yeah i think he does too he, he loves playing san fran yeah. uh that was a fantastic breakdown um oh, I, I agree thank you. I agree the the Nick Nick Bosa and and Fred Warner that, that's the key that that's the key for the Niners to stay in it if they can uh, get to Rodgers and Bosa looks yeah. as good as just about any defensive lineman like by the way him not him not getting first or second team all pro I think I, I don't really care about all pro and pro bowls and stuff but like him not getting one of the first two teams is absolutely there are a lot of good pass rushers but he is definitely among the elite yeah that's it, it seems ludicrous to me I mean he you just watch him and he, he, yeah. he passes the eye test more than almost any other rusher. Um, definitely makes me nervous uh, for Rogers. Um, from a DFS perspective, um, the cold, okay. The cold temperatures worry me slightly. I guess it like could be like as low as zero. Um, again, that's not the biggest thing we've seen, you know, teams like the bills go out and put up tons of points in the cold Rogers, yeah. the Packers, they're used to the cold. Um, Part of the reason why I was leaning towards Cincinnati, the Cincinnati-Tennessee game over this game, I think both the Niners and Packers want to slow it down uh, if they get the lead, you know, run a lot of play clock, run the ball, short passes from Rodgers and the Packers. Um, they're really good at uh, keeping time of possession. Um, the Niners, I think they want to run Eli Mitchell. I think they yeah. want to get the ball to Debo as much as possible, sort of limit what Jimmy G has to do. Um and the pieces, you know, that you would want to roster are expensive in that game. Uh, Devontae Adams, I, I still think he's a great play. I think he's seen uh, at least 10 targets in five straight playoff games. And, you know, Rodgers is going to focus on him here. Uh, and De Debo's expensive, too. So, I mean, I want to roster those guys. I just don't know about stacking that game up. I, I, I don't know if I 
it doesn't seem to have the greatest chance to shoot out. Um, but there's some pieces in there worthy of rostering. Eli Mitchell also. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think, and it's it's weird. It's the one game where like game flow is going to absolutely dictate what happens here. Like if the Niners get up early, like then suddenly Rodgers and Devontae become really exciting because I don't think the 49ers can stop Devontae. Have not stopped Devontae in the past. He's got like five games in a row where he has, he has like, I think I'll, I'll get to the stat later. We do wide receivers, but it's like, it's, I think it's 130 plus yards in four of those five or something like that. It's, it's, they just can't cover him and, and nobody can, but the 49ers especially can't. But the Niners are going to want to run the ball and they're going to, you know, they, they, everybody saw that game two years ago in the FC championship game where they literally ran the ball over and over and over for eight to 10 yards a pop. And I, I think they'd love to do that. I think that the teams are different. Um, the players are different. There's no Raheem Mostert, but I think that, you know, they're going to try and establish that. I think Shanahan always says, if I ran the ball 30 times, that means we had a good chance to win. And I think they're going to really try and force that. And going to be, you know, maybe the, the, ideally they'd go 20 to 22 carries for Mitchell, eight to 10 carries for Devo, and then kind of let, let it see where it, where it lays after that. But, I mean, the Packers are on the only NFL team that's undefeated at home and a plus 111 point differential in those eight games. Like this team is a monster at Lambeau. I realize that I'm hoping in my, in my dream, it'd be a game in the fourth quarter. That's what I'm hoping for. And you kind of give yourself a chance to win. But I, I understand that uh, going against Rogers in a game like this is going to be very tough, but let's get to Sunday. Um, with Sunday morning, we have the, uh, the Rams at Tampa, uh, a game that uh, has been played already this year. The Rams won 34-24 in week three. Um, obviously, uh, two really good teams. The Rams are seventh in weighted DVO. The, the Buccaneers are fourth. Um, in his career, Tom Brady is 12-1 and at home in the divisional round. Like, I really like the Rams in this game, but then I just, every time I look at it, I'm like, can I really bet against Brady in this kind of situation? I think the Rams are the better team. My biggest concern is that the Tampa offensive line banged up right now. Their center, uh, Ryan Jensen, I think is his first name, is uh, is banged up. He sounds like he's going to play, but Tristan Wirfs is one of their most important offensive linemen. It sounds like he's really not going to play. He's very doubtful. That It looks like the the path for him is uh, is pretty cloudy there. It sounds like they don't expect him to play, and that's a big thing. Tom Brady as a protected quarterback versus Tom Brady versus the rush. Uh, has been very, very different over the last uh, four or five years. And he is obviously really, really still amazing. Uh, most yards, most touchdowns, most completions, most attempts this year. But um, he needs a clean pocket. There's no doubt. He's not getting out. He's not uh, He's not uh, Kyler Murray getting around out there. Uh, the Rams are 12-3 and three in the Eastern time zone when Sean McVay is their coach. Like, they travel pretty well, which is a tough stat. Like, those those West to East games are usually pretty hard, especially this is an early one also. Um I kind of like the Rams as the better team, but man, I don't, I don't know how you click the, uh, the not bet on Tom Brady in the spot either. Yeah. I kind of, I feel the same way. I think uh, that the news about those uh, Buccaneer offensive linemen is going to be really important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Worf was an all pro this year. And I think Jensen made the pro bowl as well. That's you know really important when you're going up against Aaron Donald, especially, and also Von Miller, uh, on that side, Von Miller like looked like Von Miller last week for the first time, really too. Like they, he had a play, and it, it's, it's not even a sack or anything. He had a play like a screen pass or a bubble screen. I forget it was off to the side, and he made a tackle. I'm like, oh, that DB really made a great play. And I'm like, oh my god, that's Von Miller. Like it's he just it looked fast, looked quick, looked agile. Um, yeah, I'm worried that maybe he's he's finally back. Yeah, he looked great. Um, that that's part of when comparing the games. Uh, that was part of the reason why I preferred uh, the Tennessee Cincy game to this one. I mean, you know, you got to look for small things. I mean, you can make arguments for all these games, but if, like you said, if Brady's not protected, um, the Rams have a really good defensive line and uh, could be points could be tough to come by if they don't have those linemen. Also uh, the Rams uh, O line is banged up. Um, Somebody's out. I forget who it might be Whitworth or, or he's questionable or, 
Um, I suppose I should have looked that up, but either way, the, the Bucks, uh, the Bucks have, you know, we know they have a great run defense. Um, Stafford, he's been pretty hot and cold this year. You know, his pick sixes have been well documented. Um, but yeah, I, I want to like the Rams too. It's just, it's one of those things like Brady never seems to lose in these spots. And um, I've been against Brady multiple times in past seasons and he pretty much pretty much beats me every time like you say so yeah i i want to like the rams too i mean is brady just gonna keep doing it maybe uh, this is a tough game for me yeah it is andrew Whitworth, by the way he did not practice on wednesday or thursday so he's the one that's up in the air he's obviously very important for their offensive line but yeah i mean fun game i'm looking forward to watching this game but i think i agree with you and the interesting part of this game for me is that both teams really, really play the run well. So, like, you've got to think that both – I mean, I think Brady threw it 65 times or something in their in their first matchup. But granted, they were behind the whole game. But, like, these are two teams that – like, the running game – I mean, Cam Akers looked pretty good last week, not per carry, but, like, he kind of looked like he had that burst and had a nice catch. But um, you just wonder if this is going to be both teams dropping back to, drop, to throw 50 times just because they can't run the ball. So, it's kind of an interesting dynamic that way. And I do kind of like it from a DMS perspective for the passing game, just because I think both teams are going to struggle to run the ball. Um, you know, we don't know how healthy Leonard Fournette is. He said he's going to play, um, you know, and playoff land. He says he's going to play, you know, you, you, you know, he's going to play. But um, I think it's a, it's an interesting game because I think both teams are going to have to throw the ball. And that, that opens it up a little bit for us uh, kind of playing from the fantasy angle. Uh, last game is the the big game in terms of uh, stats and fantasy and names. It's uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. Um, I think everybody in the AFC has been circling this game. They thought, and I think we all thought it was going to be the AFC Championship game, but uh, they play a week early. Tennessee beat both of them to earn the number one seed, so here we are. Um, easily the highest total week at 53.5. The Bills won this game uh, pretty handily in week five. It was 38-20. They were up a little bit more than that, I think, going into the fourth quarter. Um but the KC defense is, or the KC offense is different than it was the first half of the year. They are, they lead the NFL in percentage of drives scored and scoring touchdowns the last six weeks. Like they are rolling right now. Um, I think the key to this game, the Bills have a, a definitely a much better defense when you look at stats. They both have great offenses. Um, the Bills have faced a lot of weak offenses. They haven't faced a lot of top 10 offenses. And the ones that did scored some points on them. I think it was Tennessee and KC. And uh, there was one other team they played in there that, that scored a lot of points on them. But uh, I think I think it's clear the Bills statistically have a better defense, but uh, you know, with these two quarterbacks, I'm not sure defense is going to matter too much. Yeah, this game is going to be very popular for DFS. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, right, rightfully so. You know, it, it it has the highest total by a considerable margin, and then the there's a, some really soft salaries uh, in this game. Uh, we'll get into the players later, but Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Travis Kelsey, all priced down. I um, couldn't believe I couldn't believe Hill's price when I was flipping through. I, yeah. I looked at the top. I'm like, I wonder what Tyreek Tyreek Hill's price is. And I'm like, I kept scrolling. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, we we weren't used to seeing him under eight K, and now under seven right. K, uh, yeah. down to sixty six hundred. Seems crazy too cheap. Uh, for Tyreek and even the quarterbacks are a little bit cheaper than we've seen them um, for the type of ceiling that they have. So yeah, it's going to be a popular game. Um, what I personally think, I don't know. I've been really impressed with Josh Allen uh, recently. Um, it's hard for me to go against him. I, I could see him getting revenge for uh, last year's AFC title game. I don't know, you know, perfect game against uh, new England uh, last weekend. Uh, it was all touchdowns, no punts. 
Um, Unless you count the kneel down at the end, every single drive was a touchdown, which is just – it doesn't happen in the NFL. I, yeah. the, only, the only thing they did badly was uh, with, was miss two extra points and had one off the upright. Like, it's just that the, – the kicker, like, everybody's talking about Tyler Bass because there was like, nothing else to pick apart in that game. Yeah, no, I've heard some people say, you know, maybe they sort of uh, – uh, you know, sort of shot their shot a bit too early. Um, yeah. But I don't really believe that. Uh, I yeah. think they're, I think they're playing the best that they have all season. So it should be a great game. Uh, I love this team. They're actually my pick to win the Super Bowl, but this is the game. Like this is a, you look at it and, you know, at KC, Mahomes is dealing right now. This is a really tough game. Like I think, I actually think the winner of this game, uh, we definitely wins next week. And I'd probably be my pick to win the Super Bowl. So I, uh, I think, this, I mean, this game is, is marquee as it gets. And uh, this is my favorite weekend in the NFL. Like we get next week is great, but you only have two games. And it's like, you're like, uh, okay, well, there's only two games. It's not as fun. You know, you're used to like so many games a weekend. Last week, we always get some blowouts in that wildcard game. This is my favorite week. Like you very rarely get a bad, uh, a bad least game on paper. You get the best teams playing. So this is always my, uh, my most fun week, especially definitely the playoffs. I mean, Super Bowl is good, but like it's one game and there's so much hype and there's two weeks of hype. But uh, this week, uh, this week is great. So let's jump into uh, some players, some uh, positions. I think we're going to just go by position this week. There's only four games, you know, kind of breaking down uh, popular and all that kind of stuff. Is doesn't is not quite as important as in a regular week. So uh, let's talk quarterbacks. Uh, where are you leaning? I mean, we've got – you talk about a, a stable of superstar quarterbacks you get to pick from this week. You only get to pick one in a lineup, too. I mean, obviously, you play multiple lineups. You're going to mix them around. But um, what are you doing at quarterback? Are you are you, are you Alan Mahomes? Are you one of the NFC games? Where do you think you're going uh, at quarterback if you got to pick, you know, a couple guys to kind of – uh, focus your cores around. Yeah, I'd love to get up to Allen or or Mahomes. Um, for me, it's probably Allen. Um, just you know, based on what we just talked about, I like the Bills, and then uh, Allen's rushing upside. Uh, it just makes him, I think, gives him that much higher of a floor and ceiling uh, than Mahomes, at least. Um, at least on average, I don't know. So yeah, I, I want to get up to one of those guys. Um, the thing is, if you play one of the cheaper guys, you know, there's a, there's a lot of appealing spend up options at receiver yeah. and tight end. You know, we have Cup, Adams, Debo, Kelsey, Gronk, Tyreek, you know, a lot of guys to spend for. If you want to play Derrick Henry, that's another guy. So that, that would be an argument for paying down. Um, you mentioned that the the Tampa Bay Rams game that has a chance to see both teams passing a lot. You know, if that yep. game goes a certain way, it could absolutely uh, shoot out and they're, they're decent prices on Brady and Stafford, you know, Stafford sort of uh, Stafford lit up Tampa uh, the first time they played four touchdowns. Um, and then the cheap guys, I, you know, I think you could take a shot on Tannehill uh, or even Garoppolo. Like, you know, I, I don't love it, but Tannehill has rushing upside. Um, if the Niners get down to the Packers, uh, you know, Jimmy could get there for 5,200. All he really needs to get is 20 points. And if your uh, expensive guys go off, you know, he, Jimmy doesn't need to be the highest scoring quarterback for that lineup construction to work. Um, so I think there's a lot of options. Um as I mentioned, I like the Cincinnati Tennessee game. So I like Joe Burrow too. Like I can't ignore how great he's been recently. Uh, the yeah. passing game looks great. He's throwing for tons of yards. Um, so I like Burrow too. Um, but I do want to get up to Allen. Uh, I don't know when we get into the other positions, I guess we'll see if there's enough value to, 
to, I don't know, make it appealing. But what about you? What do you, what do you think of this, of these quarterbacks? First question I want to ask, if you had to pick one in the, in the, the high total AFC game, would you pick Allen or Mahomes? I mean, say they're only $300 apart, so you can make a decision. Is it Allen, Allen for you? Yeah. Yeah. My thing with Mahomes is interesting is you look at if you look at game week five, and I know the Bills are obviously looking at that, Mahomes threw for 5.0 yards per attempt. He dropped back 63 times in that game. The Bills blitzed him zero times the entire game. They played, they played umbrella, they played defense, they kept everybody in front, and it worked. It frustrated them. And granted, the Chiefs have figured that out how to play against that in the second half of the season, but it's interesting. I mean, the, the Chiefs kill the blitz. If you blitz Mahomes and don't get there, like it's a touchdown, like it's a big play. It's just the way it is. Um, you have to think at least to start the game, though, the Bills are gonna play the same defense. Like it worked so well last time, they're gonna have to do it. And I don't love their chance to make big plays if they do it, but you know, they, they've have figured it out. Andy Reid is obviously really good on offense, can figure stuff out. Uh, I think that first quarter of like how they're playing defense and how the Chiefs attack it is gonna be decide what's gonna go on. And I I, I assume that they are obviously watching the same film that you know. I don't watch. I don't watch so much film, but the same game we were watching, we know what they did. You got to think they have a way to combat it. But it's a really fascinating, just kind of a X's and O's standpoint. I go Allen too. Um, Casey does blitz a lot, and it's key because Allen, with pressure, without pressure, is a different quarterback. Kind of like Brady in that he doesn't he doesn't play as well with pressure. I mean, nobody does, but he's one that definitely takes a big step down with pressure. Um, they blitzed a lot last year in the playoffs and got there and really affected Allen. They blitzed a lot earlier this season and didn't get there and they got burned for it. It's a matter if uh, that Bills offensive line can can do it. But I mean, Allen's really rushing a lot more lately, which I like. He had six six rushing yards last week. You mentioned the perfect game passing, but he like he's been running the ball really well too. So it's Allen for me also. In the other two, in the other games, uh, for me, I mean, you, you can argue for any of these quarterbacks, but you know that uh, that doesn't really help too much anybody. Uh, for me, it's Rodgers if I'm playing in the middle, 7100. I just I think I don't think the Niners can stop him. I think he's going to pick them apart. Um, it's a matter of the Niners can keep scoring. You know, if they get up, maybe they start handing the ball off. But the Niners have been just killing the run game lately. Like they just they've they've shut teams down in the run. I know that Green Bay, like you said, will want to run clock. They'll want to establish that run. But the Niners have been really strong against the run. Uh, they're middle of the pack in in yards per attempt against uh, quarterbacks, but they're 29th in completion rate. Like the secondary is the weakness of this defense. If Bosa plays, you know maybe that changes a little bit because they can they they can they don't have to hold they don't have to hold uh, Green Bay receivers off as long. But the secondary is the weakness. I think Rodgers will know that. I think Matt Lafleur will know that. I just think it's going to be the way that they're going to attack the Niners. So I'd go there, and then I I, I like Stafford at 6200. I think if I'm going to go cheap, it'll be Stafford uh, just because I think they're going to not be able to run the ball against Tampa Bay. Um, he didn't throw it a lot last week, but was really good when he did. They only threw it 17 times. That game was kind of over in the, at, at halftime. Um, he had 343 yards and four touchdowns against Tampa in week three. Tampa blitzes a lot. Stafford's really good against the blitz, makes people pay. Um, you know, he lost Robert Woods from that first game, but gained Odell Beckham. And I don't, you know, they're not, uh, I, I would take Woods obviously in a vacuum over, over Beckham, but um, I just have to think the Rams are going to have to throw it. You give me a ton of attempts in a game like this. And I, I of the cheap guys, um, Stafford would be my play if I was trying to price down. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think um, Rodgers, uh, it's, a, it's a good call on Rodgers. Um, if, if that gamble worked out, uh, it would really pay off because as it stands, I think he's going to be the least popular um, of all those quarterbacks. I think Rodgers and Garoppolo will be the, least, the two least popular quarterbacks. And we know Rodgers can go off in any matchup. So, you know, if he... I know all he needs is 303 touchdowns. He can be the highest scoring quarterback and it's going to go a long way uh, if he's not popular.
And it's a good point because you look at the guys in the 7,000s. I think everybody wants to play the late game, the marquee game, the, Mar- the Mahomes, Allen. And they're, and they're, when, they're, when they're so closely priced, you're going to be like, oh, I'm just going to get to Mahomes or get to Allen. And if you're like, well, if I want to spend down, then you're going to go, I'll just get to Brady. I'll get to Stafford. I'll get to Burrow. I think he's kind of lost in that middle of a little more expensive than these other guys. I think you're right. I think that he's the – I mean, nobody's going to be you know super low roster this week just because the, there's, only, there's, only there's only eight quarterbacks. But I think that Rodgers slides through um, – I really like him as a DFS play this week. I think that uh, that's my that's probably my favorite one. Then Stafford's second favorite, with the thought that if I can get to Allen, I'll certainly have some lineups there too. But those are the three that I'm playing. And you know, it's not that I don't like Mahomes or don't like Brady or don't like Burrow, but I just you, you got to pick and choose on on a weekend like this. And I I think those are the ones that I'm going with. Yeah, you know, you I think you've just convinced me to add Rogers in there. I think I'm I think I'm I was, I'm for sure going to go uh, Allen and Burrow. Um, I think I'll. I'll throw Rogers in there as well. Nice. I may just be a paranoid Fortnite fan, but if I close my eyes, I can certainly see him just absolutely picking us apart. And it's just, uh, it's scary because the secondary, the secondary is the weakness has been the weakness all year long. They've found a way to work around it, but against in games where they needed to get stops and on the past game, they just, they have a lot of games where they didn't, they just couldn't get it. So, yeah, I, mean, um, I, know, I, know, I know I'm a Packers fan too, but I mean, it's, so I'm a little biased, um, but it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I I just can't believe how good he is, and he just I don't I don't, I don't think you're biased to say that Aaron Rodgers is amazingly good. No, I'll, he he really I'll, is. I'll admit that too. <laughs> yep. Uh, so let's jump into that the other position. Let's let's get to running back because running backs really interesting this week. But first, a note from our sponsors at WinBet. There's one thing I appreciate here at RotoWire. It's making good decisions, and even more so making the right decision. Listen up. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fancy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino, take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at back around. WinBet is now currently available in seven states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, all while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, so let's get into running back. Running back is is tough for me. Like I looked at quarterbacks and receivers. I'm like, I like all these guys that pick easy. Like it's hard to pick, but it's it's hard to it, it's easy to find guys that you like. Um, I'm gonna start with the, the three running backs there at the kind of top of the salary scale. We have Derrick Henry, 7,500. 
Uh, Aaron Jones is 6,800. Joe Mixon is 6,600. The interesting thing with the with the running backs this week is a lot of these defenses in deep in the playoffs stop the run really well. So it's hard to find guys like, you know, there's no matchups here against Houston and Jacksonville and, and even the Chargers. Like in those weeks, they were like, oh, this guy's going to run for five and a half yards of carry. There's there's a couple in here like the, the, the Packers run defense has struggled during the year, but maybe getting a little better right now. But between Henry and Jones and Mixon at the top here, are you are you excited about any of them? How do you feel about uh, these three, the, the most expensive ones? Yeah, I'm not overly excited about any of them. Um, I'm a big Derrick Henry fan, and I normally like rostering him. Um, I don't really – it's it's hard to have a take about Henry. Like, is he – how much are they going to use him? Uh, is he fully healthy? I think uh, the range of outcomes for Henry is very wide. You know, if he has some success, they could lean on him all game. We know he has games with 30 carries, 150 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, that's in the cards. Um, I don't know how likely it is. Um, it, it's tough to get up there. Uh, just with, there isn't much value at the other positions, and there sort of is some value at running back. Um, so I guess I understand. Impossible question, but like, do you think he's like 30 touch Derrick Henry? Do you think they ease back on him with, you know, they have, they have a uh, Hilliard and Foreman who have, you know, done some stuff during the year. Like how heavy do you think they, they lean on him? Yeah. What a tough question. It, it's, a, um, guess, it's an impossible question, but I think you have to like at least come up with an opinion in your own you head do. about yeah, you you do. decide what to do. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess I'm thinking it's going to be 20 touch Derrick Henry. And, you know, maybe if he has, you know, if he has 20 carries for 80 or 90 yards and, you know, zero catches, one catch, you can get away with fading that. Um, you know, I don't know. It's it's a gamble that could pay off. Obviously, you know, we know what kind of ceiling he would have if he's healthy. Um, but you're right. It's just it's tough to see. You know, I don't know. It's tough to see him sliding back in there and just getting 30 carries. I mean, what do you think? Do you have a, you know, a I think the key is if you play him, you are absolutely giving up something else to get him in. Like it's you're giving up a stud receiver, a stud quarterback. You have to do something in your lineup to get him in. Uh, the, the Bengals defense line has some injury concerns. They're a little bit banged up on the front. Like I want to see some of those guys play. The Bengals struggled versus running backs late in the season. So like matchup wise, this works better than a lot of them. But 7,500 is, is, is tough for me to get there. I don't think I'm going to get there in most of my lineups um, just because I think you're I, – I'd agree with you. I think we're looking at 18 to 20 touch Derrick Henry and – you know, I, I know he looks good in practice clips and all, but like, and he's a robot and he'll probably be fine. But like, it's a tough injury to come back from. Like, everybody thought he was out for the season and he's coming back, but you know, maybe he's rested, maybe he's healthy. It's just tough for me to to, to spend the spend the money to get up there. Um, what about Aaron Jones? You're the Packers fan here. Um, it seems like he's been getting a little more involved in the offense the last couple of weeks. Like it was it was him, then it was then he was hurt, and then it was kind of a split with Dylan for a while. And now it seems like Jones is maybe a little more involved. Um, he was really good against the 49ers in week three. He was 21 for 96 and a touchdown. It was kind of before AJ Dylan really got involved in the offense, before the Niners uh, really started being better against the run. Uh, he only averaged 12 touches per week the last six games of the season. It went up a little bit the last couple of weeks, but uh, the 49ers are second in the league in yards per carry at 3.6 yards per carry. They allow a lot of catches. So you wonder, my thought with Jones is if he works, it's because he makes some plays in the passing game. Yeah, I think that's how Jones works too. Um, I I find myself preferring Jones to Mixon. Um, one, because... 
Mixon might be twice as popular. Uh, and if not that much, he'll be, he'll be more popular. Um, but I, I, I rather target the, the passing game on the Cincinnati side. I think Tennessee's run defense, you know, is decent. Um, and Mixon is averaging like three yards a carry in his last six games or something. Uh, as far as Jones. Yeah. It's, you know, the split with Dylan, uh, it wasn't great towards the end of the year. Um, I think in the playoffs, you're likely to see a little bit more Jones. You know, the, the game means something. He's the the number one running back. At least I think so. And I think he'll be involved in the passing game too, uh, especially if the Packers are going to be, uh, yeah, I don't know, favoring shorter passes. Um, can see Jones catching five, six, seven passes here, and he has a lot of touchdown upside um, playing for the Packers. So I think – I think I lean Jones. Uh, well, actually, I know I lean Jones between the two. Um, what about you, just between those two, Jones and Mixon? Uh, I lean Jones also. I, I, I'm a little, probably, I'm maybe a little more worried about the split with Dylan than you are, but I, I would lean towards you because you're the Packers fan there. I think that you know maybe it gets cold and they want to use Dylan and kind of just uh, – I just don't think the running up the middle will work very well. If it does, if the running up the middle works for the Packers, that game's over. Like If they run the ball well, like they're going to win the game. There's no doubt about that. I'm just worried about mixing the way I, I agree with you on the. I think it's, I like the Cincinnati passing game a lot more too. I mean, the Tennessee's allowed under 10 fantasy points per game to running backs. They allowed 3.8 yards per carry. And you mentioned Joe Mixon. I mean, 3.3 yards per carry last six weeks hasn't topped 65 yards or 4.0 car- yards per carry in any of those games. Not like he had a couple really bad games, a couple of good games. Like he scored and kind of uh, he got involved in the passing game a little bit to kind of uh, you know make that uh, make that look okay. But like I just I worry about the effectiveness right now. Um, I would lean Jones also. I think Jones is going to make some play in the passing game. I think he has some, a chance. I think Jones has a much higher ceiling, put it that way. I think that Jones could uh, make a play in the passing game and, and and look a lot better than Mixon. So I, w- I would lean that way among those guys too. I'm not sure I'm going to get to any of them because I think that the mid-range, yeah. the mid-range is really interesting. Um, I think the mid-range is where these these, these contests can be decided, at least at running back. We've got uh, Devin Singletary's at 5,900. Mitchell, Eli Mitchell's at 5,800. Fournette, if he plays, sounds like he's going to 5,700. Cam Akers, who looked uh, had some had some bursts last week at fifty five hundred. Uh, we got Michelle at fifty three, Dylan at fifty one. You have all the Kansas City running backs, and I think that uh, a lot of that depends on injury news. If Williams and Ceh don't play, like McKinnon at forty eight hundred is going to be in everybody's lineup based on how good he looked last week. But if they all play, it becomes really muddled. Um, what are you doing with this mass of guys that uh, you know all uh, you can make an argument for, but uh, all have some warts too? Yeah. Um... So I just wanted to clarify, even though I like you, even though I prefer Jones to Mixon, doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be getting to either of them. I just think Mixon uh, is a better DFS play this week if you want to take a chance there. Um, yeah, like you said, you can make some arguments for all these guys and you can make some arguments against them. Um, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, um, you know, he's – it seems like he's going to be the most popular. I mean, it's just, it's a cheap salary. We talked about this last week and he didn't end up playing, but it's just a cheap salary. If he's, you know, close to healthy, you're going to get the usage he had been. Um, the one thing I'll say is, you know, a lot of Fournette's appeal is because he was so involved in the passing game. I mean, seeing a ton of targets, catching, you know, seven balls almost every game. Um, but with Gio Bernard back now and Bernard looked pretty good and they were using him on third down earlier in the year. Um, I think that's how, you know, that can take away from 
Fournette's pass catching upside. Um, still a good salary though, fifty seven hundred for, for Fournette. I do like Singletary. You know, Singletary's been great, and it, it, it's a good salary. Um, he's still cheap for that type of usage, catching a few passes, um, around twenty touches for and and a lot of touchdown upside. You know, he's been scoring touchdown in five straight weeks uh two touchdowns in the last each of the last three i believe um pretty good for for the potent bills offense you know to get the sort of their bell cow running back for under 6k so i do like singletary and i like eli mitchell too um we talked about at the start the the cowboy or sorry the 49ers blueprint for winning this game is on the ground and mitchell i think has at least 21 touches 22 touches in five or six straight six straight i believe uh and a game that sticks out in my mind was um in december at lambo uh the packers could not stop nick chubb or anyone who ran the ball for Cleveland, but specifically Chubb, like they should have lost that game if it wasn't for bad play calling by the Browns. And uh, so I've seen the Packers sort of get run over. So, I mean, Eli, Eli Mitchell definitely could rush for a hundred plus and, and a TD in this spot. That's what the Niners want to do. Um, I know the Packers got some, some defenders back, but, but still, um, so I think I think if I had to pick, I don't know, Singletary, Fournette, and Mitchell, I guess to summarize, yeah, Cam Akers looked great, but I just tend to avoid running backs against Tampa. But you can go there, and then KC, man, Darrell Williams <laughs> just crushed me last week. Oh, that was uh, we talk we talk about chalk bust. That might have been the biggest chalk bust of the year. Like once oh. he aged out, everybody had Williams. He had minus points last week and he fumbled twice on the same play. Like, and then he got benched. It was, and I kept looking up. I'm like, Oh, is Darrell Williams hurt? Is he coming back in? And he just, he just got benched for the fumble. And it's just, I know he's a little banged up with that. I think it was a toe anyway. So maybe they just decided not to do it once they got up. But yeah, that was, uh, it was funny. Cause my, my main drafting team last week, I didn't play Williams and that team was really good. Cause I, I played Mahomes, So it was yeah. one of those things like I, I played Mahomes, Kelsey and Hill and I just I didn't get to Williams because it didn't work out. It didn't work out uh, lineup wise. I played in my other three lineups and didn't work. But uh, my first lap was really good without him. But that was a uh, that was a big bust for sure. Yeah, it was. And then I, I agree with you though. If if, if even one of them's out, uh, if both of them are out, yeah, McKinnon just a lock. Um, but I yeah. see Edwards Hilaire has practiced fully. At least he did on Thursday. That seems promising. But if Williams is out. Um, I still think you can take a chance on McKinnon. I mean, that's just a, should be a good game environment and he still should catch passes. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think this range? Who, who do you like? Who's your lean? Yeah. I mean, I, as I looked at it and I, I opened the slate, I was pretty much like Singletary and Mitchell and I'll just call it a day and I'll play those two. I'll, I'll save the money on the top guys. I'll spend a little more than the bottom guys and I'll, and I'll call it a day. But I, I wonder if a lot of people are going to go to that, like you just wonder, like they, they kind of stick out. I mean, Singletary, especially under 6,000, he's just been clear. I mean, the, the problem in the, in the offense playing running backs early on was there was him and Zach Moss or him and Matt Breida. Like they were kind of splitting. He's like 90% of the touches the last six weeks. I think it's 85%. So he's above 80% of the touches the last six weeks. It's been Singletary and nobody else. Like they use him a little more at the goal line. Like used to be Josh Allen would just run it in. Now Singletary's getting touchdowns. Um, the key for me here is that 
Kansas City was 30th in the NFL in yards per carry. Like we, we talked about, so many teams are good at stopping the run. Kansas City is not one of those teams. They mm-hmm. have been better as a defense in the second half of the year. I know that they've, they've done a lot of things better, but they still, I think you can still run the ball against them. I think Buffalo wants to run the ball against them. I think it'll be Allen and Singletary. Um, but and then and then you get Mitchell's the same kind of thing. Like Green Bay is four point three yards per carry. They're about middling. Um, but like you said, they they got thrashed by some running backs at, at spots, and um, no other running back touches it for the four downs. They didn't have a running back to touch the ball last week. Except, I mean, Debo gets his eight to ten carries, and that's I think it works really well. And the, the key for me is that you put both those guys back there, and you run one in motion and you do something. Everybody follows Debo. Like it just it's set up for Mitchell to do well. They're, and the Niners are stubborn as hell. If they're down 14-0, they're not going to stop running the ball, at least you know early in the fourth quarter, sure. But like they're going to establish the run. They're going to try and run no matter what. If it's not working, they're just going to run it again. Like they're going, They won't go away from it until you get to a point where there's no choice but to get away from it. So um, those two for me. But I think what that does is it makes the other guys in this range interesting because I think they, they're going to be lower roster than the other, those top two. I think that Singletary and Mitchell will be very popular. Um I, get, I agree with you on Acres. Like, I just uh, playing a guy against Tampa Bay to run the ball is really tough. He looked good. He had a forty-yard catch. Um, he played thirty-two snaps more than Mitch, M- Sony Michelle, which I think is uh, is the most important stat there. Is you know how much he played. But uh, Singletary Mitchell, I think, stick far ahead for me. I think uh, Jarek McKinnon, if someone's hurt, uh, sticks out too at forty hundred. I mean, he caught six passes last week. He had twelve carries. You just kind of wonder if maybe somewhere in Andy Reid's head, like. They were kind of saving him to just deploy him in the playoffs. Like he, he's someone that you can't use a ton to make season because he's going to get hurt. And the, but he certainly has always been very skilled. He was on the Niners the last few years, and I've always like just wanted him to get healthy and see what he could do in that offense. It just never happened. There are a couple bursts he had, but uh, in this offense right now, um, if they use him that way, he he he's pretty dangerous. Yeah, agreed. And I, I think uh, just going with Singletary and Mitchell. Yeah, it's, it's going to be popular, um, but you can get different in other places. I mean, both those guys are, yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's a good, good salary, good salaries on both. And they seem like, they seem like the best plays to me too. Um, and, I and you will get, you will get people to go up to Mixon and Henry and Jones. So maybe that separates out a little bit, but uh, those guys, the, the price wise, those guys definitely stuck out to me, but Let's get to uh, wide receivers. We mentioned earlier, we've kind of talked about them already, but wide receivers are the stars of this slate. I and mean, we talked about all the quarterbacks, but there are there are just unbelievable amount of stud wide receivers. And we talked about like the number ones for each team are all good. Like there's that's eight guys right there. Then you've got uh, you've got mid range guys. You've got you know T Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Odell Beckham, uh, Tyler Boyd scored four weeks in a row. So you've got some guys down the list. But let's talk about the let's talk about the guys at the top. Um, we've got. Four guys over seven thousand, two over eight. Cooper Cup's eight six. Devontae's eight five. Debo's seven six. Jamar Chase is seven one. Um, my favorite here. Um, I, lo- I like Devontae more than Cup. I just think Devontae thrashes the Niners. Um, hundred thirty plus yard games in four or five. Not just a hundred. Hundred thirty plus. And then in the fifth game, he scored. Also, he averaged nearly hundred yards a game in the last uh, seven games. I don't think the Niners can slow him down. That is nothing against Cooper Cup, who I like in a matchup where the Rams are going to have to throw the ball a ton. His targets are down a little bit the last three weeks, uh, you know, seven a game instead of, you know, 13. But I think it's a game where the Rams are going to throw a lot. So nothing against Cup. I just prefer Adams. And I really like Jamar Chase this week, 7,100. Um, I wonder if people are going to be able to get to him if they want to play one of the top guys. Maybe they have to go down in the sixes. But uh, really good. I mean, he looked great last week. He had 12 targets. He was nine for 116 in their game against the Raiders. Uh, Tennessee is the worst in the in the NFL in fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, they've, they've, they've given up a lot in the passing game. Um, I think Chase uh, is really, really a good play. And I think maybe he gets lost a little bit in that price range. But uh, for me, it's Adams and Chase. Where are you in the in this group? Uh, I agree with everything you said. 
Yep. We, oh, we that's make good. it easy. Uh, uh, make it quick. Obviously, nothing against Cup. He's amazing. Uh, slightly prefer Adams. I'm just, I know he's going to see double digit targets. Like you said, he's shredded the 49ers. Um, yeah. Uh, and I love Chase. Um, I talked about how I was on Burrow in the passing game. I really couldn't be more impressed with Chase uh, recently. And I do think, yeah, he goes a little bit lost. Um, being that people will want to get up to Cup and Adams, or if they go down, it will be for, you know, Tyreek or Diggs or even A.J. Brown. Um, but, yeah, I just – I love Chase's upside. I think he can have a huge game here. And then, you know, we didn't even talk about Debo. Um, now, my, my, my favorite play in the NFL right now. So I, I, I love Debo to death. The dude's a beast. I, I love Debo, too. Um, as far as uh, his DFS viability um, – I just I think he's more he's more touchdown dependent uh, than the others. You know, he's not going to catch 10 balls uh, like these other expensive guys. However, um, he's still probably their biggest touchdown threat. I mean, we're, and he's going to get he's going to get 10 carries, too, which is, is he's going nice. to get 10 carries, which is, which is really nice. And, you know, it gives him a lot of upside. Um, so I think he's riskier, um, but obviously you can always play Devo. Um, but I'm with you, Adams and Chase for me. There's a great clip from the game last weekend when he scored his rushing touchdown, where he went around the end and cut it back in the middle. He's coming off the field and he tells he tells Kyle Shanahan, "I told you, I told you." And Shanahan's response is, "Thank you for telling me." So <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Pretty, it was pretty wild. That was a great clip, and I, you can tell that Shanahan just loves loves Debo too. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into the, the mid range receiver. Is unlike any mid range we've had all year. Usually we're like, you know, there's guys in here, you know, we're. We, we like Brandon Cooks. We like guys that, you know, maybe break out. The mid-range receivers we get six thousands are Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, and A.J. Brown. Like, we're talking about stud wide receivers. They're usually in the mid-sevens, maybe up into the eights. Um, what the heck are you doing in this range with these guys? You can't, you can't play them all, but, you know, they'll all be uh, popular. They'll all be interesting. Um, do you have a preference between these guys? Because it's uh, it's hard not to like all of them. At their, you look at the price and you're like, oh my god, how do I not play Tyreek Hill at 1600? How do I not play Diggs at 6500? How do I not play AJ Brown at 6200? Uh, what are you gonna do with these guys? Because you gotta you have to pick and choose at some point. Oh man, um, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, you can you can prefer any of these guys, I guess. I don't know, like for me. So it's it, yeah, it's tough for me not to play Tyreek Hill. Uh, as the first one now that's tough because I said I preferred Josh Allen and you know so it would make me want to pair him with Diggs um, but I don't know I think we've seen enough times now that you just don't need to do that not for Allen to get there and just Diggs you know he hasn't been great and there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of a lot of pass catchers in Buffalo that, that Allen spreads the ball around to. Uh, I still think, you know, it's a good salary for Diggs. It's the cheapest we've seen all season. Um, he can have a big game, but it's hard for, it's hard not to roster Tyreek for 6,600. I mean, like you mentioned, this is where, um, this is the salary of, you know, DJ Moore and Jalen Waddell and, yeah. you know, even Brandon Cooks some weeks. And I don't know. I thought Tyreek looked good. He's supposedly healthy. Uh, so, yeah, hard not for me to go there. And I, I do like A.J. Brown uh, a lot, too. Um, I think he's a perfect run back. If I'm going to stack Cincy, um, yeah, I think I think there could be some, you know, if, if Henry 
isn't going to run the ball 30 times, you know, and maybe he's not 100% healthy, they should uh, run some play action and it should work much better. Um, and, you know, Brown has big upside. So I like going there. And yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I, I like Higgins too, but that's a little bit cheaper. I don't know. You know, it's tough not to, you know, we like all these guys. Um, yeah. But I guess if I had to pick one, it's probably Tyreek. I don't know. It's just too tempting for me. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to try and find a way to play two of them in some line. Definitely in, in as many of my lineups as I can. I mean, it's funny because I, 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 did, I did game by game just by the time they start. So I started with Cincy and Tennessee, and I'm like, oh, my God, A.J. Brown, 6,200. That's going to be 100% owned. And then I realized I got into the other players. I'm like, oh, well, there's other guys in 6,000s too. Uh, mine is actually Tyreek also. I think just the the targets are guaranteed. I think that if – if Buffalo plays the way they played last last time, he's going to get 13 targets underneath, and that's a, it's going to be huge in PPR. He may not hit that big play, but you're going to get he had he had 13 targets I think in the first game. He was seven for 63, which is a, not very exciting, but a not very exciting 13 point floor. Like you can build on that. He'll he can hit he can hit a big play. He can score on one of those short passes. I just think the targets are guaranteed built. He played 80 77 percent of the snaps last week, which is the key to me coming off that heel injury. Um, Diggs is like fascinating he had two games of 100 yards all year after the huge monster year last year um kansas city with 29th in fantasy points to wide receiver ones like they got beat by wide receiver ones uh he led the nfl in end zone targets but like they just spread the ball around more like they there's dawson knox in the red zone there's uh, there's cole beasley there's uh emmanuel sanders scored last week there's uh, gabriel davis scored last week they just have a lot of guys and they're just a little more spread it around i think than these other teams are so just uh I think Diggs will be – I mean, he had four targets last week. That's that's it. I mean, they just spread the ball around, and they scored five. You know, Allen had five touchdowns, and Diggs had four targets. Like, it's just a little concerning, um, but it's Stephon Diggs. He's awesome. Maybe in a game like this, you lean on him a little more, but I think I'd lean I'd lean to Tyreek also in this group. If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Tyreek. If I had to go two, I'd go Diggs over Brown. Uh, I think Brown has huge upside and is nice in the, the fact you get – you play me play the game that's not as popular, but – a little, he's he's very boomer bust. Like he has eight games under fifty yards, but he the booms are huge. Um, I just I, I probably just trust his quarterback less than I do the other guys, which which at the same price, um, I would I would go Hill first and then dig second. But um, Makes sense. in the in the cheaper area, let's go just the fives real quick, and then we'll get down to the really cheap ones. You're gonna have to play some of these guys to get other 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 players in. Um, T Higgins, 5,700 Odell Beckham, 5,300 Brandon Ayuk, 5,200 are the guys in this range. Um, do you have one in this range that really sticks out to you, uh, especially well? Um, probably T Higgins. Yeah, probably. Um, hard, you know, hard to argue yeah. that. I mean, he's, you're right. He, he, he kind of has uh, when he has the down games, he tends to bounce back pretty well. The, yeah, I, I will say though, you know, if, you know, because Chase has been so successful and the Burrow t- Burrow's been looking for him so many times, Chase is seeing double-digit targets now, you know, that there's a good chance that could happen again. And if that does happen, that's not good for Higgins. I mean, the, a similar thing could happen to what's been happening. Um, but that's just one scenario. So Higgins is a his salary is down now for the type of upside he has. So I, I think I, pre- yeah, I prefer Higgins um, between Beckham and Ayuk, probably a slight lean uh, to Beckham. I don't know. You, what do you think about, about that range? Uh, it's tough. I mean, Ayuk has weirdly been consistent the last like three months after he got out of the doghouse, he has double jet PPR scoring at eight of 11, six plus targets in seven of nine. He's better against zone coverage with green Bay pays a lot, but 
Um, I really like Odell Beckham the most in this group, 5,300. Uh, they are using him in the red zone, which I like. I mean, when they get to the point, uh, they get down there. They seem to, to throw the ball to him. He has, he doesn't have, his TDs are short, but he's getting them. I just think the Rams are going to have to throw the ball a ton in this game. I, you know, I worry the Niners are going to run the ball a lot. If they get a, if they get a lead, which I don't, you know, you know, doubt's going to happen, but they'll run the ball a ton. If they're down, I think they still run it a lot. And you know, you have to, you have to hope that you get that, that big play to you, which is always there. And he hit one last week, I think for 35 yards and he had uh what do you have 66 yards receiving, but like j- j- I would just rather count on Stafford and the Rams passing him, having to throw the ball a lot against Tampa. And I think that Beckham is, uh, will be very involved. He was 454 in a touchdown last week. Didn't look like a lot, but Stafford threw the ball 17 times. Like nobody was really, uh, was really dominating. Um, I think the price is right for Beckham. I think he gets lost a little bit here. I think a lot of people are going to go cheaper and then more expensive. I think the 5,000s will be kind of skipped over. Um, I really like Beckham this week. 5,300. I'm going to have him in a, in a bunch of spots, especially paired up with, with Stafford. Uh, cheap wide receivers. Let's go under 5,000. There's a lot of guys in this range that are playable. And, you know, as we get a slate like this, uh, good quarterbacks, their secondary and tertiary options that become very interesting. Um, what are you doing in the, in the, the 4,000s or even 3,000s range? Like who are, who are you going to in order to get, uh, some guys in your lineup that are more expensive? Um, okay. So I think you could roster any of those bills, Gabe Davis, Sanders, um, or Beasley, um, that situation is, it's still sort of like roulette though to me. Um, and, and I can't really see one of them getting too many targets. Um, they're, they're definitely touchdown dependent. So, you know, you can go there for tournaments, of course. Um, but I prefer, I think I prefer Alan Lazard for one, um, assuming Valdez Scantling misses, um, I just think Lazard will see more volume than the Bills guys. I mean, he's caught at least five passes in back-to-back games, six targets, six targets, seven targets. Um, yeah. With Valdez Scantling out, yeah, his targets seem seem somewhat safe for that salary. Um, and I also like Byron Pringle. Same thing, at least seven targets in three out of the last four, at least five catches in three out of the last four. And, you know, he's – Two touchdowns last week. He's had he had two touchdowns a couple weeks before that. You know, a forty-two hundred dollar receiver that's that's playing with Patrick Mahomes in the game yeah. with the highest total. Yeah, I feel. I guess I feel best about that. What about you? Yeah, you kind of took my my two favorite. I really like Alan Lazard this week. Forty-four hundred, um, eight TDs the last ten games, uh, four in the last three games. You look at it. He he leads the team in red zone targets in that stretch. He has nine and nine end zone targets since then. Uh, the targets you mentioned are there. Six, seven. He had a four, a five, a six, and a six. Like that's not huge, but with Aaron Rodgers, like those are usually completions. That's really good. He he was six for seventy-two in touchdown and five seventy-five and two touchdowns the last two weeks. I just think that it's trending towards him being more involved in the offense. I think that uh, you know whoever the Niners uh, put on him is not going to be great. They're their cornerback, and Mosley's going to guard uh, Devontae Adams and. Probably not overly well. Nobody goes to Montana as well, but that puts, you know, a rookie, Ambry Thomas, if he's healthy on, on Lazard. I think that uh, Rodgers will like to try and exploit that matchup a bunch. Uh, you know, maybe if they line him up in the slot, they get K1 Williams on. It's a little better for the Niners, but, you know, K1 Williams got beat for the touchdown by Amari Cooper last week. I think Lazard's set up pretty nicely to be to be involved this week as, as Rodgers kind of tries to pick apart the Niners secondary. Um, I think Pringle makes sense too. And, you know, when he gets those targets, he usually scores. They tend to use him uh, nicely in the red zone. He had two touchdowns last week. So that if I had to pick a, a secondary guy, KCB Pringle, if I had to pick a secondary guy in, in Buffalo, uh, your point on them being kind of roulette is, is, is dead on. Like you just don't know. 
I'd probably go Gabriel Davis because I think he has a little more upside than the other guys. I think he can, he's, he's, he's more likely to hit a big play. They like him in the red zone too. The last guy I'll mention down here is really cheap. He's 3,700 is Tyler Johnson uh, for the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers are going to have to pass the ball on this game. He was, you look at it, the, the box score does not jump out last week. He was two for 30 with three targets, uh, but he was fourth in the team in, in, in targets. Uh, he, he was behind Evans, but he was behind Gronk and Geo, which is concerning. Like they used the tight end, the running backs. But um, if I had to pick a secondary receiver there, it'd be Johnson at 37. I think he's a nice way to save some salary this week. And I think the Bucs are just going to have to throw the ball. I think that the, the, the way the Rams stop the run, the way this game plays out, I think both teams are going to throw the ball a lot. I think Brady is going to, you know, want the ball in his hands, try and win the game. And uh, I think they're going to, they're going to pass a lot. So if I go, if I had to go under four for me, it'd be Tyler Johnson at 3,700. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, I plan on rostering. Yeah. I plan on rostering some Johnson. Agree with everything yeah. you said. Um, one last guy to mention in this range. Yeah. Um, Randall Cobb's 3,100. And, you know, this is only if, you know, Valdez Scantling is out, but it looks like he's going to be. Um, yeah. Cobb will be the slot man. Um, you know, for 3,100, it's basically minimum salary. We've seen Rodgers target him in the end zone. Even this season, Cobb's caught a few touchdowns. Um, so, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he catches five shortest, shortish passes and gets in the end zone. Could even catch something over the middle. Uh, we've seen him do that this season too. So I don't mind like taking a chance for 3,100. Yeah, and we know Rodgers loves Randall Cobb, so I think that uh, that that also helps too. Uh, what about tight end? We've got some elite guys at the top. We have Kelsey, Gronk, and Kittle. Uh, Kelsey, sixty five hundred, which still seems low for Travis Kelsey. We, we talked about him last week, and I played him in my my best lineups, and it, it worked really well. We talked about how he was, uh, you know, it, the price it really worked well for him last week, and he he delivered. Uh, Gronk was kind of quiet last week, but did score. Kittle was quiet again. He's been quiet for like four weeks, but you know. Always, obviously, a huge weapon. I think Dallas keyed on him. There were a couple of plays where they were clearly drawn for Kittle, and like everybody jumped to Kittle on like a rollout, and everybody jumped him, and someone was open behind him. Uh, I think Dallas was pretty keyed on stopping George Kittle, especially in play action. Um, Dawson Knox scored twice last week. Uh, what are you doing at? Uh, what are you doing at tight end this week? You're only going to play one. I don't think this is a two tight end week like a lot of a lot of lineups were last week with less options in, in some of the shorter slates. But uh, where are you? Uh, where are you siding here? You're just going to pay the price for Kelsey. Or you're going to try and get uh, creative lower. Mm, man, great, great job playing Kelsey. I yeah, that was that, I, well. I, that was nice. I I didn't have uh, I wasn't brave enough, and I, I ended up having <laughs> Gronk uh, in my most important lineups. Kelsey made all the sense. We even spoke about it. And yeah, um, you know he's even cheaper now. This is the cheapest salary we've seen on Kelsey all yeah. season. So yeah, he went. Really he had a big game. Throws a touchdown pass. It goes down in salary. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do want to get to Kelsey. Uh, I will get to Kelsey on some lineups. Um, I think Gronk is – I'd be okay with going back to Gronk too. I can see him getting a lot of targets here. I mean, it, it depends, I guess, what the – what the Rams are going to do with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, sometimes they put him on Gronk, sometimes not. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know how we're going to know that. We, we won't be able to know that. But, you know, if Ramsey ended up covering more of Evans, I think it's a pretty good spot for Gronk. They're already short pass catchers in Tennessee. So the top two guys are, are who I'm most interested in. 
I can't really go back to Kittle. He he's burned me a lot lately. Look, I, I get it. I love George Kittle. I think he's a great player. Um, but I think I think he's been staying in the block a little more. I think, you know, they're going to run the ball with Mitchell. They're definitely going to get Debo his touches. He's going Jimmy G is gonna throw to Ayuk as well. You know, of course Kittle can still do it, but I'm just I'm worried about those low target numbers that we've seen. Um I like I like uh, rostering Knox if I'm playing Allen. Uh, I don't think he'll be that popular, and he just scored two touchdowns. He has t- tons of uh, touchdown upside playing in that offense. Um, I think there's some cheaper guys you can go with, too. I think you can go with Higby, a good salary on Higby. We've seen plenty of games where uh, he's Stafford's favorite target for for at least part of those games um yeah eight targets nine targets in two out of the last three weeks um so i think that's a good option and then i think you you know you can play uzoma if you really want to save money um again he saw at least six targets last week uh caught all six of them scored a touchdown so i don't know that's that's kind of how i feel uh what about you uh, I love Higby this week at 4,000. Um, he, you look at his targets the last three regular season games, six, nine, and eight. Like these really involved. And if you watch the game last week, like they were, they were, he was, he had four targets and he only had, they only threw 17 passes, like a really nice target percentage. And that's four weeks in a row. The nice target percentage. He was three for 46. They are really using him in the past game. And I've mentioned a bunch of times. I think the Rams throw the ball a ton this game. So if I go cheap, it's going to be Higby. I am super tempted this week by Kittle because I think oh, the points you made, I think everybody's going to agree there. I think that that's a really good football player for 5,300. And I just, it, it's been rough. I think everybody will look at it and be like, I'll just play the price for Kelsey. I'll just pay up to get Gronk or I'll pay down to get Higby or zone. I think he gets lost in the middle. And I think everybody's going to want to play all these receivers, these quarterbacks. I think Kittle goes really, really under roster this week. And I am super tempted just from kind of a a game theory DFS perspective to give him a shot because the upside there is real. Um, We saw it in the middle of the year. He had three big games. At 5,300, I think that he's he's very well-priced, and I think that uh, he's going to be very under-owned. So I think that – I'm going to try and get Kittle into the lineups just kind of to, just to be different on a stud player mm. and hope that maybe the game plan works out. I, I understand it's a it's a bit of a shot in the dark. He's been close. He's been he's been really quiet for four weeks, and they're clearly. I think they. I agree that they want to run the ball, but man, if they can get Kittle going, like I think it, it changes the offense a bunch. And he's just he's cheap, and I think he's going to be overlooked. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it makes a ton of sense from from a game theory perspective. Uh, it would pay off in a big way. Uh, just one last thing, I'll say. I mean, if CJ Uzoma is viable for thirty four hundred, then I think uh, Josiah Degara is too. And if if for nothing else, then then game theory because you know Uzoma, he'll be he might be twenty percent owned, fifteen percent rostered in in most tournaments and Degar will be, you know, two or 3%, but they're similar. He has touchdown upside. Degar has seen three, four, five targets every week. Um, and you know, n- never mind a tight end playing with Rogers. So I just, if you're going to spend down, you could get leverage, uh, in that spot. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that when people see Uzoma and Higby, I, I don't think anybody gets down to Degara, but I think that, you know, you get a tight end with Aaron Rodgers. That's always, a, always a really good thing too. Uh, finally, before we wrap up here, what uh, we got to play defense again this week. What? Uh, who are you playing at uh, defense? It's tough this week because there are a lot of good quarterbacks the defenses are going against. Um, you know, 
I'm not really partial to any of them. Um, I, you know, people, I guess the, the Titans are projecting as the most popular, um, but I don't know, only because, only because they're at home against Burrow, who's been sacked a lot, and yep. Cincinnati, you know, good of a line, but they were good against uh, the Raiders last week. I think Burrow only got hit twice or yep. knocked on twice or something. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess it, forcing me to pick um, the Buccaneers or Rams um, with, with the offensive lines banged up in that game. We've seen Stafford throw plenty of picks and Brady, um, he, Brady will take sacks. I mean, he got sacked by the Eagles a bunch of times last week, four or five at least. And if yep. they're down those offensive linemen, uh, yeah. And the Rams have a, just a good defense, a lot of good players. So I don't know, one of those defenses. What about you? Yeah, I think Tennessee jumps out. There's their 2,900. Uh, Burrow gets sacked a ton. I'll, you, you mentioned he didn't, get, he didn't last week, and that's true. But they have double-digit sacks the last six weeks, so they get after the quarterback pretty well themselves. So I think that's going to be the popular one, especially under 3,000 as a home favorite off a of bye. Um I think Green Bay is interesting. I think that uh, I don't love Green Bay's defense, but 3,200. Uh, I think we've seen that in the cold, um, Jimmy's got a thumb. He's got a shoulder. I think he will make a couple plays that I will cringe at. Um, mm-hmm. I like Jimmy Garoppolo, the person, the leader. Everybody in the clubhouse loves him. Um, I like the guy, but he's going to make a couple overthrows. He's going to make a couple mistakes. He's going to make a couple bad decisions. It's just a matter of those decisions are bad incompletions that you know, make you punt or their picks or pick sixes that change the game and really uh, are huge for a defense. So um, I think I'd go Green Bay over Tampa and the Rams, but I, I get that argument too with the beat, the beat up offensive lines. Um, the the Niners sacked uh, Stafford five times in week 18. He makes some, he makes some bad mistakes too. I think he had three or four pick sixes on the year. Like he had a lot of those, but uh, I'd go Green Bay. I'd go Tennessee. I think those are the top two for me, but I mean, picking defense this week is tough. I mean, you're facing elite hall of fame quarterbacks on, on both sides in a lot of situations here. Uh, so there's a, not a lot of spots to pick from, but uh, yeah, if I had, I got to pick and I, I do have to pick one. Uh, I'm going green Bay and Tennessee. Yeah. I think the Packers call makes sense. It's just hot being me being a Packers fan. It's hard for me to roster the Packers. I don't know, just for, for whatever reason, but um, Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander back um, yeah, huge. Yeah. And in cold Lambeau field with Jimmy making mistakes. Yeah. It makes all the sense in the world. And I think Zadarius is really the key. If they get, if they, if you pressure Garoppolo, like bad things happen. If he can, if he can take his drop, look back, boom, hit, hit a pass. He can, he's very effective, but man, you get, you take that first read away and you get a little pressure. He either takes a sack or rolls out and panics and they, it makes a bad play. I hope that, uh, I very much hope that doesn't happen, but uh, I know I've watched uh, a lot of their games, obviously the last uh, few years and um, Jimmy makes some great plays, but he will make a couple mistakes each week. It's just a matter if the other defense, uh, what they turned into. Yep. Agreed. Beautiful. I think we kind of hit everybody, you know, with only four games, I think it was important to kind of discuss as many players as we could and kind of talk about all the games, but I think we, we got there. Uh, anything else you want to add before uh, we jump out of here? Um, no, you're right. I think we, you are. Yeah, you're I think in, we hit yeah. I think we hit everything. You're in London now. So what do you do for the Packers Diners game? So the, the, I'm going to do the math real oh. quick. I know you're, is that three 30 in the morning for you? No, one oh, like thirty. 130 or something 130, like that? 130, 130. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, at some point, you know, I'll probably get like a 20-minute nap in at some point during the night. 20-minute, <laughs> um, beautiful. Yeah, you know, it helps. Yeah, no, I, I won't miss that game for anything. 
Um, but, but you're, yeah, are like, you, you're, uh, you're, uh, I'm going to get up and watch it live. Not, I'm going to tape it and watch in the morning and not. Oh go on yeah. The no, because you know, I'll be making showdown lineups. Uh, I'll be, I'll oh, be watching right, yeah. the other game, which starts at nine, nine. So that'll <laughs> keep me up. You know, there's, there's UFC on Saturday. There's a big card on Saturday, which also is in the middle of the night in London. So just all that stuff <laughs> will just keep me up. Um, it'll be tough though. I'll, I'll be dragging, but uh, I won't miss it. I was going to say, I, I I just realized that as we were talking, that that game really slates at a really bad time for you. Like, it, the Rams-Bucks is really nice. It's probably like 6 o'clock for you. Like, that's, yep. a, that's a nice, like, Sunday night game right there. But uh, I, I guess Bills-Chiefs uh, Bills will be tough, too. That's probably about a midnight game. Yeah, and of course, the Packers is the latest of all of them. But, yeah, course, we'll make yeah. it. Beautiful. Well, uh, Ryan, it was uh, it was it was fun as always. I appreciate uh, appreciate your time as always. I appreciate everybody listening. Um, if you could please rate and review the podcast, it helps us out a lot. Uh, if you want to follow Ryan on Twitter, he's at Ryan B E L O N G I A. I am at Scott Jensted. Jensted is J E N S T A D. Other than that, we hope everybody has a fantastic week. I'd say go Niners, but I don't want to do that to my co-host here. So I'll just say, hope we have a really good game. Uh, but uh, one of us will be happy. With, you know, at least there's that. We can't both we can't both lose this weekend, which is a, which is a good thing. So anyway, hope everybody has a, a really good weekend, and hope everybody enjoys all these uh, great games. And uh, take care. And have a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Good luck, everybody.